0: Today is Monday, July 15, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the board today? The market was basically flat across the board. A couple of markets we follow were down, a couple of markets we follow were up. We can't really make a whole lot out of the result of today, But we do have stuff to discuss. There's always stuff going on under the covers. And by the way, we're going to do a little anatomy of a stock later on. I won't tell you the stock yet. You'll have to wait until later in the video. Let's go back to the big picture. Where are we? Let's start here. A nice and clean monthly chart with nothing on it. As far as this chart's concerned, there's nothing wrong with the market. Continues higher. It's in an uptrend, party on. Weekly chart, just for perspective purposes, same routine, in an uptrend. It's just going higher. It's overbought. Doesn't matter what overbought is because you can't define overbought. Daily chart, clean with no preconceived notions on it, no moving averages. It's just going higher. It's in an uptrend. There's nothing wrong with this market. Now, back to the normal chart. Couple of things. We are getting a little far away from home base. That doesn't mean we can't go farther. Just something of note. It begins to become a puzzle piece. It's a small one right now. We put it on the table, but it's not that meaningful in and of itself. It doesn't mean a thing. By the way, if you're new, what's home base? Home base is the 20-period moving average on this chart The 20-period moving average is in red. Something else I think is important actually goes down to not the bigger picture, but the miniature picture, the picture from early this morning. I think it's worth discussing. It's probably a lesson in and of itself. Here's a 15-minute intraday chart. Here's the first 15-minute candle of today ending at 9.45 a.m. So it was a reversal candle. The market gapped higher. It was a gap in crap. But we went sideways and early buying all day right out long. Of the, gate the market really by the way, Johnny never wins Chasing, anything. Normally, that's not doesn't really the point. This Just is the saying inside as the reminder. numbers, well, that's first okay, thing in the morning, we're not going to go through in all and of the detail about not the competition. We want to focus in on the last couple of lines. If we scroll where it says, down, keep in mind those numbers, the trap full and frustrating crew, we have a set of two. We have the S&P E-mini. We also have the SPY number. Focus in on the SPY number of 301, right in the middle. And then we'll also focus on the ES number of 3020. We'll get back to those numbers in a moment. Before we go off inside the numbers, we'll take a quick look at the stock opportunities that did exist today. There wasn't a lot. We're now on the front end of earnings season, So as companies report their quarterly earnings, stocks on the move will grow. Gap trades will grow. It's going to start from this point forward. This morning, we had a handful of opportunities. Only one hit its number. One hit the entry target, TAP. We'll take a look at that chart in a moment. Notice the entry was listed at $52.60. Remember that number. Back on the fifteen-minute chart of the spider, what was the high today? The high was three o one thirteen. Remember the SPY number three o one. Spiked through by a few pennies, but certainly was rejected immediately at that number. Using the S and mini futures contract, the high here was three zero two one point five zero. The number on the inside the numbers page was thirty twenty. Remember. The point this morning was not to short that number. That was never mentioned. The point was, don't chase the market because we're coming into that number. Before we move off the spider chart, I want to make mention of another thing. This one, some of you might want to get out your tinfoil hat, but nevertheless, tomorrow happens to be a full moon and lunar eclipse. Now, the reason I make this point is not to say the market's going to turn or not going to turn. There are a lot of times where the market will turn around those events. So that event happens tomorrow so maybe it turns on Wednesday, maybe it doesn't maybe it turns on Thursday. but here's the deal. these events can also act as an acceleration point. Now why do I bring this up? Look at the market. We're on a straight line up. It's hard to believe. Nobody could believe we're going to continue higher. We're coming into this event where there are a lot of traders that are looking for a turn in the middle of this week. Does it have to do with that event? Potentially. A lot of people looking for a turn, a market that appears that it can't go any higher. What I would suggest we do is be on guard of either way. Be on guard of a potential turn in the middle of the week, be on guard for an acceleration point to the upside, another melt-up. I realize it seems like the impossible. I realize it seems circus-like. From where I sit, we have to be aware and on guard of both. The other thing that we wanted to mention from inside the numbers was the stock on the move list, TAP was the one that hit its price target this morning. $52.60 Here's a daily chart. We didn't quite catch the low of the day. Pretty darn close to the low of the day. The low was 52.36. And you can see what it looks like on an hourly chart. The stock closed Friday, $54.38. It was getting hit a little bit this morning. It made the list. It hit the number, took off to the upside. You can't see it on the screen, but I'm here to tell you that this trade was created with the tools taught in the course at lazy e-mini trader remember what we always say every chart every stock or every market is headed for a destination sometimes the destination is more obvious than others even when it's obvious it doesn't always work out but most of the time when it's obvious it does work out and that's what makes the morning trade so valuable stocks seem to be headed for that destination early in the morning when the volumes coming in the market they're headed there rather quickly they go they get it done and if we're right they turn around and they head back in the other direction that's the whole point sometimes it happens better than others sometimes it takes longer than others sometimes it doesn't work it works a lot about camp IWM let's get back in our lane And look at what we have, basically the same thing that we had the last time we discussed it, which was over the weekend video. It's the same routine, only interestingly enough, the IWM was down today when everything else was mainly flat. And the everything else, meaning the major indices, the SPX, the S&P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, they were all up, but only slightly by basically a rounding error. The IWM, which happens to be my favorite market-leading indicator, was down. It's of note, it's a puzzle piece, and it's on the table. However, there's always two sides to the coin. It was down, yes. It's my favorite market-leading indicator, yes. Is it still making the same bull flag pattern that we've been discussing over and over and over again? The answer is yes, until and unless it fails to the downside. Either way, the energy that's being built out of this pattern will be released. The question is, which way? IWM down today. We're watching. My second favorite market leading indicator, making our nightly stop down at the transportation department. And by the way, I'm skipping over the VIX intentionally. There's nothing going on. It really didn't do much today. It's in the same position that it really was at the close of Friday. It was up slightly, but we didn't get any new information. Did we get any new information from the transports? Yes and no. They were down along with my favorite market leading indicator. This is in second place as the second favorite market leading indicator. However, look at the last two days or the prior two days The tremendous rally we had on Friday is really the first thing that my eye is drawn to on the chart. And that being the case, that being the first thing in my mind in the danger zone, the second thing that comes up is, it was down today, but it was up so much on Friday, it was only down 36 points. I can't really make more of it than that. In one fell swoop, we got so far above the moving averages that it would also be common and normal garden variety market behavior for us to begin to consolidate for a while, maybe put in a bull flag pattern, maybe some kind of a bull wedge pattern. Maybe it wants to come down and test at some point the low of the breakup candle down toward the moving averages. We don't know. There's no way to know. Right now, with the transports, we need more information. We just let it go and we come back tomorrow. The 36 point down day doesn't really give us anything to work with. What about the tech space, the triple Qs? Overweighted or not overweighted, it is a monster. We continue higher above all the moving averages. Nothing wrong with this market. Continues in an uptrend, making new highs. That's all we can say until and unless. We saw some kind of market reversal. That's all we can say about this chart continues to make new highs in an uptrend period full stop. What about down at the financial district and the XLF should we read anything into down 14 cents one half of 1% I can't read anything into that because of the position of the daily chart above all these moving averages. A down day sometimes is just a down day. Is it foretelling of something to come? We're getting into earnings season. Citigroup announced today. They whipped it around. And at the end of the day, it's a non-event. The other financials will begin to report this week. And it may be something more to come. Maybe the XLF is trying to tell us something. We don't know. It's of note. It's a very tiny puzzle piece. It's making it on the table. It's not really on the table yet until we see how the underlying financials within the XLF begin to act and react following their earnings announcements. Speaking of earnings, I have to do my shtick about earnings that I do about three or four times a year. We're going to look at earnings season from a common sense perspective. When we go through this story, Think about it in terms of the big stocks, the ones that are covered by 20, 25, 35 analysts or more. Let's just get a visual of Netflix while we have this discussion because Netflix is a moving stock after earnings. It likes to move a lot of points. So you have this myriad of investment banks. You have a bunch of analysts that cover Netflix. They all have separate formulas slash models, things they look at to value Netflix. They value Netflix for two reasons. Either to provide that research to their clients internally. That could be in a case, for example, like a Morgan Stanley, a UBS, Merrill Lynch. Then you have another side of the table where they actually sell the research. Maybe it's different research, maybe it's not. Either way... You have a lot of different analysts analyzing the same stock in their own way. So let's say there's 30 of them. Forget the ratings they have. Some have strong buy, buy, hold, sell. Doesn't make any difference. Most of them won't have a sell. Most of them will be buy or strong buy or hold or whatever the rating system is today, depending on the firm. The company is going to announce earnings. Everybody's waiting with bated breath. We have analysts' expectations. We have a whisper number. Who makes up the whisper number? It's made up out of whole cloth. But let's get back to analysts' expectations. So what are analysts' expectations? It's an average of the 30 analysts that value Netflix any way they want to value Netflix. It's an average of all of them. That becomes earnings expectations. Now, anybody that knows just a little bit about math will understand how likely or unlikely it would be for Netflix to actually hit the average number of 30 analysts' guesses. Because that's all they are. It's essentially an educated guess using a bunch of hypothesis, as much hard data as they can get their hands on, and a lot of estimates. So what happens Netflix reports their number. The stock goes crazy in one direction or the other. The pundits on television go bananas. They bring on all the different analysts to discuss the fact that Netflix met, beat, or missed their expectations and why. And what about the conference call coming up? And what about the forward-looking stuff? If you think... ...the Federal Reserve Kabuki Theater is any fun... ...Earnings Season is just a good old-fashioned circus. But here's the good news... ...none of that stuff makes any difference in the world... ...because from a technical perspective on the charts it creates a ripe environment of opportunity. That's what the gap trades and the stocks on the move trades are made from. So earnings season is traditionally a bonanza. We may be in a quiet market now, but it's not gonna stay that way. Getting back around the horn and taking a look at the SMH. This is the exchange-traded fund that tracks the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Anything wrong here? No. It's in an uptrend, continues higher, nothing's changed since we last spoke about it in the beginning of the video I said we would do an anatomy or an analysis of a stock we're going to do GE specifically for a reason that I got an email from a member from a subscriber asking about GE he sent over a chart and I looked at the chart and then I looked further and I said this is a good lesson to put into a video we can run through various charts of GE just to walk through the stock and see what I see. You can see how I'm looking at it and why, and we'll see who's right in the end, whether I'm right, whether somebody else is right, doesn't matter. The point is how I'm looking at GE from a long-term perspective. That's what this is. This portion of the analysis of GE is strictly based on a long-term perspective, but we'll start at the daily chart and we'll work our way up from there. Anything substantial on the daily chart? Not really. We're trapped in some moving averages. We can certainly make a case that we actually had a down move and we're making a bear flag pattern on the daily chart. That certainly can be the case. And if that were to actually take place and have a continuation move down, we would find ourselves somewhere in the vicinity of testing what? Testing a breakup candle low, potentially filling a gap right below that. Is that detrimental to GE? No, we're talking about roughly a $10 stock. I'm looking at 950. This is really short-term stuff. But nonetheless, we want to look at the first thing that jumps off the chart. The second thing is: if it were to jump above that 20-period moving average, start closing daily above that 20 period moving average that's bullish closing above this breakdown candle high would be bullish that would likely send price higher so we need more information we need another chart we need more time meaning i need to see a more expansive view of time the weekly chart now the first thing that comes to mind and the first thing i see is fugly The first thing that comes to mind is, and not even looking at GE, it could be anything. The first thing that comes to mind when I see a chart like this is trouble. Now, trouble could mean trouble and then trouble is over. Trouble could mean trouble, but trouble takes a long time to be over. We don't know, so let's revert back to the chart and let's go see what we see from a near-term perspective. When we look at where we are on the weekly chart, we can see that We're working our way higher. It looks like GE put in a low late 2018, early 2019. It's trying to work its way higher. You see, we've really traded sideways for four or five months. We're above the 50 and 20 period moving average. From a shorter term perspective, this does not look bearish. It looks like it wants to work its way higher, but it has work to do. From this chart, if you're looking for GE to trade higher, you begin looking for areas that would be a natural area of overhead resistance. Here's a pivot that it visited this year. It's consolidating underneath that. I don't know that that would be such a good level of overhead resistance to me. It looks like it's consolidating to work its way or eat its way through that particular area. So I would naturally go to the next one, something up here or even something up here. And you can see where this begins to coincide with the 100 period moving average. However, what you have to note is as time goes on, the 100 period moving average is sloping downward. This is a weekly chart. This takes a while to play out. We're talking about a 30% move from current price or something a little less than 30%. But it's still a hefty move nonetheless. That's not going to happen in a week. That's going to take a while. So as that would take time, if GE was working its way higher, that moving average, that 100 period moving average that comes in slightly above 13 right now, That would work its way down so it would no longer coincide in the future with that particular pivot that we pointed out. It's of note, something to think about as we're looking at charts. What about the monthly chart? Again, we see fugly, we see a low, we see a pretty good ride off that low, and we see also a pretty nice bull flag pattern right here. Now, we saw this on the weekly chart, but it's much clearer On the monthly chart. Now all of a sudden when you look at it from a monthly chart perspective. That 13 that we just talked about doesn't look so far-fetched. Again keep in mind this is a monthly chart. It takes a long time. But if in fact if it's a big if. If GE is breaking out. Which it could be based on this monthly chart. Where is the next logical area of overhead resistance. Well, we just found it. Maybe it's a touch above 13, but likely not much above 13 if it ever gets that high. There's no guarantees that it will, but that's what this chart is telling us. Is it going to be easy to get through the 20-month moving average? Probably not. Whether GE ever gets to 12 or 13 or 14 or 15, this is a company that has a lot of work to do to turn the ship around. Not here to pass judgment on GE, just the charts. That's a good place to pull the ripcord today. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost.